people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. It's kind of a couch cast. I know, right? I didn't feel it. That really feels like we're on a couch. Which we are, but uh, And here's your host, Derek McCaw, sitting on a couch. That's right. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are on a couch in a conference area at the Hilton, because we are podcasting pseudo-live from the Big Wow Comics Fest 2013. Uh, to my right, we have a special guest. Uh, who uh, some people have written in and said is the best of us commentators of all. Identify yourself, please, sir. Luke McCaw. That's right. Kid McCaw is here tonight <laughs> and today. And to my left is, of course, my fabulous announcer. I am Nate Costa. And to the left, the only one of us with headphones today. The far left, Rick Bretsnyder. Uh, I don't like to identify ourselves that way, but okay. I won't make any political <laughs> comments. Thank you. Probably, probably for the best. So we are here at Big Wow. Cap for president. What? Cap? That's okay. I still have that uh, Rogers Stark 2012. No one can argue with it. No. T-shirt. Uh, so, we are podcasting from Big Wow, which is... How many years has we been coming to this? Is five years? Five or six five years. Or six so years. Is, well, it was Supercon before. Yeah. We don't like to talk about it, but yes, It's only it been was. Big Wow for three or four years. Right, yes. Right. But it was like two years of Supercon before it was Big but it's Wow. Been, but it's been uh, at least three years where they've been in the big room, in an actual hard room with, with walls. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is better than when it was in the tent the convention center. But, uh, so, uh, we're... The microwave tent. So we're here, and you, we've all had a chance to walk around a little bit, uh... I we were gonna say talk about like what we're we gonna talk about in comics, and I realized say there's a an artist here, Stan Dragota, who is the artist of Jonathan Hickman's Nick Dragota. Nick Dragota. Okay, Nick Dragota, uh, artist on East of West, which is uh, from your favorite writer's uh, mind, Hickman? Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Hickman. Hickman. Yes, and I actually I seen this book. I am caught up on the first two issues of East of West. Well, I'm sure that Nick Dragota probably has copies for sale. I'll have to go there. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you missed that. I was wondering why you had not asked me if I had read East of West. And it's weird. I have now picked up a Jonathan Hickman book that you have not and read two issues. And it's I've really been sick. I, it's a really fascinating <laughs> uh, uh, tale of the apocalypse and That's really right. cool. And the I old really, West apocalypse. The old, I, I love Dragota's uh, work on it. So, it's so really it's to see in it the here. old West and the apocalypse. No, happens, it's like not. It's, it's in the future. It's okay. in the future, but they've regressed to Old West. And it's hard to tell because there are there are cities. There's huge towers, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. so, but the but definitely the United States has broken up. It's There's an alternate timeline. So it's an interesting, interesting vision involving death as a gunslinger, and he's trying to actually stave off the apocalypse. Because he's pretty comfortable with Earth as it is. <laughs> he's happy with his life. Yeah, which I mean, some people pick that up. You know, it's like, kind of like Good Omens, but it's not. But it's not a it's not a comedy about it. It's actually very involving drama. And you're like, well, you know, odd enough, we would like Death to win, uh, and we'll see. And a lot of sor- a lot of forces working against him. So it's an interesting interesting book with interesting artwork by Nick Dragota. So it's exciting. Cool. Is that an image book? It's an image book. It is an image book. <laughs> so exciting. 
to see him here. And of course, see Mick Ray was here. Mick uh, Ray. You know, Batman and Robin and Batman and Red Hood and Batman and what else? Yeah. And, you know, continuing being good. I talked to him <coughs> yesterday. Did you? Yep. Did you say anything nice to him? Oh, yeah. He's well, taking there. The normal creative team is on a break for issue 21, and they come back. Issue okay. 22. They finally okay. gave him a break. He's been working very hard to keep up with that. Yeah. Uh, who else is, is around that we saw? Oh, you know, we should say that we, of course, saw Alexis Fajardo here for uh, Kid Beowulf. Yep. And I picked up all three volumes now, Kid Beowulf and The Legend of El Cid. Uh, so very excited that that happened. Uh, it came through, and we'll be able to talk about that later once we've read it all. Yeah. And uh, I, the next to Alexis was uh, Jimmy Robinson, who draws Bomb Queen and something called Five... Weapons, five weapons for, for image. Yeah. We were on a panel with him at Bacon. Like many, many, yeah, many no, 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 many, ago. many years ago. And I wanted to point out that uh, next, uh, let's see, the 22nd, 29th, uh, May 29th, uh, Jimmy is going to be at Elusive Comics and Games. If you didn't make it to see him here at Big Wow when you're in the Bay Area, he's going to be at Elusive Comics and Games on May 29th, both from 11 to 1. And from 7 to 9, signing Bob Bomb Queen. So he figures if you couldn't make it out in the lunch rush, which is the busiest time sure. for comic shopping, and, but you can't make it till after work, he's there. So he's going to do both, uh, which is kind of cool. So between then, you take him out for drinks? <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get to, but somebody might. Uh, so that'd be nice. Uh, and then next to him was, of course, uh, our friend Greg Espinoza, who's been on the podcast before, the artist on Pug. And he's got some other things in the hopper. I keep waiting, and, and I actually tried to get something going with him myself. So, and, uh, and next to them... Or next to Iran. No, it was, of course, Gaz Gretzky. Undiscovered legend Gaz Gretzky. He will be discovered. We are working, so not really working that hard. But we do mention him every now and then. So, uh, yes, uh, Gaz Gretzky. So a lot of really cool people on the Artist Alley, and then there's a lot of horror TV hosts. I love this. Did you see Jane Weedle? I, I did see Jane. Uh, I did not stop and say hi. I had yeah, Kid McCaw with him, and I did want to explain to, to him who Jane Weedlin is and why Daddy goes... Every time he sees her, um, she was she was from a rock band in the in the eighties. She was big. He's shaking. Ali's played Ali's played her songs on uh, guitar solos you. on guitar on Guitar Hero. I thought he doesn't care. He doesn't care. No, it's it's pretty much yeah right. It's indifference. <laughs> yeah. He's happy now. He's gotten his purchases. Did you see Sergio? I did not see Sergio. He's down there. He's he's down Sergio there. down there. I'm gonna have to go back in. I have to go back. Neil in. Adams. I tried to explain to him who Neil Adams was. Frank Cho was in there. Uh, uh, we saw. Hughes. We did see. Um, remember, we saw. So we saw Neil Adams was the guy who drawn that very famous picture of Superman bursting out of the chains. I told you the big long line for him and his son, who was I. I knew Josh. Was, Josh was really is working in comics. I had not realized uh, that he was doing doing the covers for Doctor Who. So uh, you know for IDW. So which have really good artwork. Yeah. I'm hoping that guy gets some interiors. Uh, They're like soon. opposite ends of the table, like they yeah, don't talk well, because to they needed a big long line for Neil Adams and Josh is people like us. We yeah. know who he is and going like we're discovering his work, but he's not the legend his father is. His father is the legend. Yes, yeah. let's, let's be honest. And they, what I like though is they do have different styles. It's it's not like you know the Kubert brothers when they first came. They, they all looked, look like they, they, they were all look like yeah you know to so continue his it's really style. cool that, that that he's developed his own style and looking forward to great work from him in the future. I'm going to have to go back in and check out Sergio and uh, and Frank Cho, of course. And Stan Lee is here, but there's a long crowd of people with you know, $100 bills making it rain. It's like 600 <laughs> people online to see Stan. Yeah, so um, I, 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 I do apologize to my son because it, what was great was yesterday when I said, hey, you want to go to Big Wow because Stan Lee's going to be there. 
he has the book, Stan Lee, How to Draw Marvel Comics. And oh, yeah. so, you know, he loves that book. And so it's it was like book. finally the connection of, oh, you know. Um, so hopefully we'll catch a glimpse. It'd be nice. Um, is he even here or is he like in the hotel somewhere? He's in, in that conference room where they were lined up, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think he's actually oh, in the okay. hall. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, he doesn't... I, I, I don't. I don't mean to make it sound like he's super elitist here, because every time I've seen him in Comic Con or, or people that meet him, is he does try his best to get be among friendly. the people and yeah. be friendly. Yeah. Um, I With do this know many people. You, can't. but I, I do know honestly, he's also had health issues, and this yeah. is the first year that he's really had to cancel a few appearances. So you know, some things are going on. I mean. And he's almost ninety, uh, so you know, God bless this guy for having the strength to do what he's doing yeah. to show up. So we're happy. There. You don't want to be the convention that killed Stan Lee. <laughs> no, that would be. Oh bad. God, why did you even say that aloud? <laughs> why did you even say that aloud? Steve Wyatt is like, going, you son of a. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I said you don't want to be. You, I know, but what if it happened? Oh, knock wood. Okay, <laughs> um, so. Uh, let's talk. Uh, we wanted to be shortened today because we have an interview coming up. Um, but why don't we let's go to that? Now. Go to that right now uh, with a variety of creatives with a new web series, which I think I've seen a little bit of it. It looks really good, uh, and, and uh, so let's get it from Sweethearts of the Galaxy. So we are sitting down with co-creators and a co-star of a new web series, uh, Sweethearts of the Galaxy. So identify yourself, introduce yourselves to the radio, the radio, the <laughs> podcast audience. Uh, I'm Michael Premstrat, the writer of the series. And I'm Dexter Adriano, the director. I'm Megan Elise, I play Morgan Slatch, the wretched. Okay, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the series itself. And we didn't get a chance, uh, Dexter and I have known each other a while, you'd sent me some stuff about it, and unfortunately had not had a chance to put it up on the website, so we're making up for it now. Tell us a little about what Sweethearts of the Rodeo, of the Rodeo, <laughs> Sweethearts of one of my favorite bird albums. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Sweethearts of the, of the Galaxy yeah. is about. Uh, well, let's see. It started because I was really in love with the cosplay that Kit Quinn and Tallest Silver were doing, and I was um, amazed by the fact that a lot of times they would go through conventions and people would see them and just kind of love the cosplay that they're doing because they're honoring characters that they love. But also you would see kids go up to them just like they were real. <laughs> so it sort of gave me the idea that wouldn't it be great if you had something about a cosplayer who thought that she really was a superhero? Because I think part of the uh, appeal of cosplay for some folks, besides the fact that they get to honor characters that they like, is also when you put on the costume, there's a part of you that wants it to really happen. So that's, that was where it started, and then um, we'd been kicking around the idea for a while, but it didn't really become real until I met Dexter last, last summer, and we started talking about the project, we broke the story, had a first draft yeah, we, September 2012 at Kamikaze, and it moved and then really it was quickly. In L.A., the, the Stan Lee show, the Kamikaze yeah, thing. Right. Yeah. Hey, cause we, met us, we met each other somewhere around June, and then what happened was like, hey, you going to Comic-Con down in San Diego? Yeah. So we got together. And right, and I introduced him to Kit. And, and still, that's when I first met, you know, our two leads. And we just and just started talking about the story. And then he just started turning out, like, where does this go? And, you know, mm -hmm. you know, like, started breaking down all the beats. Of the so how did you decide this is the project that's going to make you a director? Uh, 
I don't know if it, I think it decided for me. <laughs> well, I remember the moment because uh, he said that he was interested in directing some projects. Asked me what I've been work, what I had, what uh, story ideas I had. I told him one, told him another. He was kind of like, eh, eh, until I said, but I have this one about this cosplayer. I think she's really a superhero. And he went, ah, that one. I think it just it, there's something about there was something it just about kinda it just it just sparked something like I could see it because just with the cosplayers and just it had this fan base already that I think we could appeal to uh, just logistically and just the fact that it would just I, I get to sort of dive back into like sort of superhero world well the real the point uh, there's the, there is a large cosplay fan base already but did uh, did the sweethearts already have a following because it is an aspect that I, I we enjoy putting photos up after every convention and people and it's the thing that people hit the most but I don't know if I could put names to faces and mm -hmm. say like oh I don't follow any particular person but the, but is there that fan base out there people yeah. are looking for that one person to be um, in. Kid and Sil between the two of them they have about 10,000 fans online okay yeah, between Facebook, Twitter, etc. Et and, yeah. and from I mean, my thought process was that it, it's a starting point because I want the show to also try as much as possible to appeal to have some mainstream appeal mm -hmm. to it. Of you know, so that's you know, and that's you know where I wanted to like you know, kind of bring to the table you know as far as like you know because we talk about the humors and there's all the in the in the in geek jokes, but then there's also the ones that'll just appeal on all fronts and, mm -hmm. you know and that's what I think you know Michael did and achieved alright well and how did you get involved with this? did you say The Wretched is The it? Wretched is my superhero or supervillain character um, so Michael and I knew each other in college he was a TA and I was not one of his students but he was a TA in one of the classes I was in and um, we had just started hanging out and then he told me about this cosplay story and I don't do cosplay. I never did cosplay. I honestly didn't know what the, her, the hell it was. Her first convention was, was dressing one. up as the wretched at WonderCon yeah. down in Anaheim. That was okay. her. That was my introduction. As <laughs> and my how character. was that experience? It was awesome. Um, <laughs> because I, I didn't get it. I was kind of uncomfortable because I'm in this gold corset and my boobs are up to my chin, and I was just like, I don't know how to handle this. But. Um, Probably I don't want to use that phrasing. It's all right. <laughs> um, I, when we put the cape on and I'm walking around in full costume, this little girl walked up to me and just goes, can I take a picture with you? And I'm just like trying not to cry, saying, yeah. And I'm trying to stay in some form of character, just squealing inside going, this is cool. Because um, it's, it's kind of like Disneyland, but cooler. In my yeah. opinion. But it's hard for you because as a character, she has to go back to yeah. being, I don't know about any of this comic book stuff. I don't like it. It's because stupid. The, 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 the basic shtick of the, the series is that uh, Kit Quinn thinks that she's, uh, she starts to think that she's actually a superhero. Her friend roommate devises all these comic book scenarios to get her through her everyday life. Like... Uh, going to the ATM is hacking a weapons console, let's say. And so, so the roommate's an enabler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. This fantasy. Yeah. So but then her character comes in, and she's the one who's like, this is stupid. Why yeah. are you doing all Initially, this stuff? I, Initially, I, I, I want to say, you need to break the illusion, get get yeah. her the but then, hell out of that. And then, and then at some point I realize I'm not going to, there's a love triangle in this. My ex-boyfriend and Caitlin, who is Kit Quinn's character, um, like each other. And my ex-boyfriend and I still live together. 
and I somehow want to win him back, and I realize that I'm not going to get his attention if I keep resisting it. So, so I jump in. <laughs> yeah, and that's why she becomes okay. the wretched. Sounds fascinating. Any comic book tie-in at this point? No, we have we no, had we a have great a... artist named Chandra Free in New York who did oh, comic book covers yeah. for us as props. Um, She's like a friend of the Venture Brothers guys. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, and we would love to have someone of her caliber actually do uh, a comic book that is the in-world comic book that these right. people that these are right. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. And we've talked about we've talked about doing a motion comic. Sure. Yeah. Sure, and that's, that's becoming big. And so when does this... Has it gone live, the first episode? I know you had a preview trailer. We, I watched we, that. We showed uh, people who hadn't watched it the, the trailer, that which was part of Kickstarter. And then we just showed a few select clips from the first episode. Okay. And then a later episode. Uh, so when does the first episode go live? Um, we're targeting somewhere like li- mid or late June. Um, I'm still in the process of cutting it. My assistant's still tra- process okay. of organizing okay. it. Okay, so well, we'll, we'll keep it up to date then. Great. Yeah. Um, you let me know, and we'll, and we'll put a little something Do up. Do you have a website address already? Uh, just our Facebook, Sweethearts yeah. of the Galaxy Facebook. So yeah. where, where, where should people, people friend, uh, like on Facebook to follow you? Oh. Uh, sweetheart, uh, we have a Sweethearts of the Galaxy fan page on okay. Facebook. So it's Sweethearts okay. of the Galaxy, they'll find mm-hmm. you on Facebook. Yeah. Facebook yeah. backslash... Sweethearts right, of the Galaxy. Right. We'll You'll search, find it. search and find there. Okay, yeah. so great. <laughs> wonderful. Thanks that we ran in. Uh, great that we ran into you and yeah, to, uh, sit down and talk about Thank this. You for so wonderful. About this. Thanks it. for sitting down. Thank you. And we're back. Let's talk about a uh, big movie that came out. Of this. I don't know if there's any movie casting rumors we can talk about this week. We're still. Uh, we could talk about World War Z. I don't not want to talk about World War Z. Uh, oh, uh, not the movie. Well, I. Well, oh, you mean the game that they want to launch? No, no, I don't want to talk about that either. The Unabridged audiobook. The Unabridged audiobook. Did you get it? No, it's not out yet. Oh, I thought it was. I pre-ordered it. Okay, uh, I had not realized that the audiobook was abridged of what I consider the original one was uh, the, the original of what I consider one of the best novels of the 21st century. Um, I believe I'm not going out on a limb by saying that. It Absolutely really is not. fantastic. It's the best book it, I've ever read. How many books have you read? At least three. Okay, there so, you go. Uh, yeah, it beat the, the Bible. It be what? Oh no, 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 no. Uh, but definitely, but definitely a fantastic novel. And uh, I'm going to say, if you want to say movie wise, I'm going to go in Nate's camp here. The more I see of World War Z, the less I want to watch that movie. Right. And in fact, the more bitter I get that they're even bothering calling it World War Z. Because when you watch a movie in which not once. Do they actually show you what the zombie looks like, nor do they want to admit they are a zombie movie? And I'm saying, why did you... This is like back when Marvel... Some studio approached Marvel in one of Stan Lee's most... One of his finest hours as, a, as, a, as an ethical businessman was when someone wanted to buy the rights to Werewolf by Night. And he said, why don't you make your own Wolfman picture? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You don't need ours. So, I don't know. I like the Jack Russell story. But it is good, but it doesn't need, you know, it, it, I'd like to see a werewolf by night show up someplace else. But the point is, if you're going to not use any of the things that made that novel cool, sure. why? Oh, yeah. Well, if they're just looking for the title and they're going to make it a girl or a wolf, and it, you know, it's yeah. like, why? Yeah. So, but uh, the audiobook. Now, did, I keep forgetting. Did you listen to the. I have not listened to the abridged, but now I will get the. I will definitely, definitely get the unabridged. So, what was cool about the, what's cool about the book is it's a bunch of individual stories that are told to the, to the narrator. Right. Uh, much the way that World War II is, uh, was told by. Um, oh, there's a 
It's not Studs Terkel. It's uh... well, no, but it, but it is based on the work of Studs Terkel. Okay, it, it is, is. Okay. using Studs Terkel's interviewing style. We'll get to something you know about, buddy. And <laughs> so, but the original the original bridged one had Carl and Rob Reiner doing voices, doing narrative reading, and Alan Alda and Mark Hamill, Henry Rollins and John Turturro. Yeah, but so the at the unabridged ads common the rapper yeah alfred manola manola molina molina yeah frank darabont oh. nathan fillion of course simon pegg oh nice and martin scorsese nice oh. so definitely something to look forward to and it's going to be available on audiobooks or whatever the, and uh, i suspect there's one more one of the stories is told by a woman so I imagine there's one more actress that has not been, not been cast. All right. So yeah. well, it has been cast but not announced, right? Because it's going to be released when? Uh, sometime this year. I've got it on. Oh, I thought I, I thought it was coming. No, like, it's just we, announced that they were. Oh, it's announced. Yeah. I'm sorry. So sometime this year. So maybe they will be casting somebody big yet. Okay. So let's talk uh, briefly. The big opening this weekend was Star Trek into darkness. Into darkness. And uh, Nate, have you seen it? Not yet. Oh, Nate. Oh, I know. Uh, okay. I know. We have, uh, at least three of us also at this table, have played the game now. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, and Luke's holding his hand up slightly. It's not Nate. No, Nate has not played the game. No. But we have played Star Trek, and uh, we're finding it Do you want difficult. to talk about the game first? We're finding it a little difficult. <laughs> the, uh, could, the, could the game have been released way too early because they wanted to get it out about the same time as the movie? Because it's supposed to, to be telling the story of how they got to the place. Although I didn't really feel like I was missing anything. I didn't when I feel saw the like film. I was missing a thing. A, a thing, and uh, you can you know that they've had. They allude to a couple of in the movie. They allude to a couple of adventures they've had. Yes. since the first movie, but they've yeah. not gone on their five year mission. No, and, and one of the things I, I, there's a mention in the movie of one of the things that I think must be in the game. Because they mentioned the Gorn, right. and then the big thing about the about the game is, is fighting the Gorn, the Gorn. right? Yeah. And which which are very different. They, this is not your father's Gorn. No, no. I was looking at Luke when I was saying no, it, it, but we have a bobblehead of the Gorn in, yes. in his father's room. So I'll show you later. Uh, <laughs> this is not the cuddly Gorn that William Shatner presses. No, okay. Um, you know, but the Tribbles were the same. Yes, uh, but. Uh, you know, I, I mean, not to get too heavy because we don't want to go spoiler heavy. I guess my pro, uh, I, I am of mixed emotion about the film, is that I felt like it's my problem with the Ultimate Universe in, in Marvel. Yeah. That it was that I would rather give me something completely new instead of even if it does make sense that this is now how things played out with certain character interactions. Um, Definitely very heavy nods to um, Star Trek IV uh, in the first ten minutes and Star Trek II. Um, And so, you know, even though what it's really dealing with is things in the timeline of what would have been the original series. But I don't want to see revisiting that. I want to see something new. That's what I've been saying all along. They've got a brand new blank slate with characters. The thing thing about this is... Oh, Luke's getting nervous about spoilers. No, he won't this say. Is a, this is a different universe by virtue of a number of things that have happened that would change things. And probably the most big, the biggest thing is in the first movie, Vulcan this. is destroyed. Right. 
right? And Spock, Kirk has a different, uh, his father's not around. Right. His father's dead instead of being alive. So it's like kind of like you say, well, what, how would that affect the timeline? Where would you see this spinning? And they've pretty much ignored that. Yeah. And instead you get people with, that are named the same as characters we've seen before, but they don't have this, any kind of similar origin to, to uh, like Carol Marcus. Yeah. The, well, she didn't really much, have much of an origin in the first one. But a much different character Yeah, as far as... Well, because we're meeting her much younger than we did uh, in, in originally. Right, right. Um, and, you know, like I want to see, which is hinted at in the beginning of this film, is what happens when the Federation meets the Klingons. Yes. And, you know, so th- that, you can retell that story. I'd like to see that. Sure. So, Here's the real question. Yes. Luke... In seven words or less, what did you think of the movie? He hasn't seen the movie what yet. What movie? Oh, you haven't seen I it? I don't even know what you're talking about right Star now. Star Trek. Star Trek. We haven't seen the Star Trek movies yet. He's only played the game. So what do you think uh, about the game? What do you think of the game? It seems very difficult for you. <laughs> He's Thank pointing you. at Derek. <laughs> but I am the lame gamer. Yes. Not, not at Nate, but at Derek. Uh, I don't know. Who got hit killed by the solar flares more often you. No, you. Uh, <laughs> you. <laughs> you. But you. we're still on that first space station. I, and the part I like about it is when Spock starts doing breakdancing on the ceiling. Huh? Now when you say That it's... happened to him. Because he was playing by himself with Kirk. <laughs> he was, you were playing Kirk and trying yes. to make Spock move. And it's very hard if you're yes. playing at one person. I don't know they advertise it as a cooperative game and you can go online with it. But I would really like... But now, it's an utter failure I, for it to require another person. Right, and, and Luke and I uh, played together cooperatively, and we figured stuff out, and we just, we only played for about an hour this morning, right? Luke? Uh, it was about an hour? Yeah. More, more like 20 minutes. Okay. Now, well, when you say it's too difficult, is it too difficult as in trying to land your airplane on the aircraft carrier in the Top Gun Nintendo game, or too <laughs> difficult like... I'm finding Super very, Mario Brothers level eight three. It's a it's a reticle issue. I, I find it very difficult to do aiming with the phasers, where you have to find a certain specific thing and the blow controls it away are and sluggish, and, and and they are not responsive a lot of the time. So I, you're playing it on PC, right? Yeah, the, I mean, and it's really intensive on if you're playing it on the PC. It's really intensive on your left hand. Your little finger has to move over like three different keys to modify things, especially like crouch okay, and so that must be hard, dive. Yeah. And it's just a bad, I, I, and they don't let you remap the uh, the specialties at all. It's it's very very, okay. um, it's very old school. I'm, I, I'm enjoying it up to a point, and I really appreciate that they did get the original actors to voice yeah. everybody. So that's really cool. And we, I am looking forward to we. I don't know at what point he's going to watch the original movie. But we've talked about that. We, you know, we, and I'm not sure that the movie Into Darkness he's ready for yet. Although, what did you tell me why you want to see it? Uh, it seems very intense, and I like intense movies. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, man, he's he's gotten to the intense age. So, um, we will now, uh, you know, so I, everybody's gonna. It's one of those movies people are gonna see regardless. But I liked it and. And had my issues at the same time, so yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. Let's move to television and things that uh, that uh, Kid McCaw can speak on. Uh, uh, yes, because we watched uh, last night the name of the Doctor, Doctor Who, exactly. 
so uh, and we watched we watched yesterday we watched uh, Nightmare in Silver. Okay. So because I had not had a chance to watch that, so he caught up with me. That was the moment of Cyberman. That was called Nightmare in Silver. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Nice and tip of the hat to the automatic chess playing robots. Yes, I I love that on a lot of different levels. Yeah. And uh, so what did you think about those two episodes, Luke? Um. I thought they were cool and really intense. <laughs> and he likes intense. <laughs> he likes intense. Did you know that the Emperor in Nightmare and Silver, I didn't tell you this, was the chief of the Ewoks in Star Wars? Say what? Yeah. <laughs> so They shaved him. They shaved him down. The, the, the guy who played the Emperor, the little the little guy, Warwick Davis, was the chief of the Ewoks in, in uh, Return of the, the Jedi. Is Wicket the chief of the Ewoks? Wicket? He's not the chief, He's but the main one. He's the, the one only one that has an extra name. name. Wicket, yeah. He's got a little warrior prince of Ewoks. Yes, and so... Uh, I, I and he's also that. Willow. I don't think Luke's seen Willow. Have you seen Willow? Who's Willow? Willow! Yeah, no, no, I haven't watched that movie yet. But uh, it's kind of Star it's Wars. A fantasy, it's a fantasy. Yeah. Dragons and wizards and stuff. Similar to Aragon. It's intense. It is intense. Yeah. Um, you like Aragon? Yes. He, he he just read and watched Aragon. So we watched Nightmare in Silver yesterday, and I thought I really liked that uh, Warwick Davis actually was believable. You know, like I've seen him too much, I think, played for laughs. Yeah. And that they actually didn't play him for laughs and let him play serious. Right. He I got a couple he, of jokes in, but he wasn't but, the right, but of those I, jokes. But they don't give him... Right. He doesn't get that opportunity often enough. So I he really does make a marriage proposal that's fairly straightforward. And I, I and I and totally I, I got it. Yeah. You know, I mean, who wouldn't about Clara? Yeah. Let's face it. And then we get to the name of the doctor and the solution as to who Clara is and why and how and pretty good episode. That was pretty intense. Yeah, but the name I don't get why they called it the name of the doctor. He feels cheated. They, they, they didn't even put in what his name was. You couldn't hear it. Well, you couldn't hear it, but it was said, and it was the key to opening the door. I know. Yes, but <laughs> so it upset him. He's he's learning that part, the subtlety of you got to play with that huh? game. But well, like the, the riddle was whatever was a, the doctor's name is, you'll be disappointed. It's like Cosmo Kramer. Well, he he does tell There's people Cosmo his name is John. Yeah, Smith. thanks. <laughs> Bring it. Yeah. Um, never mind. It's all right. Who's Cosmo? It's a. He's the third doctor. It, no. Um, but a good setup for the 15th anniversary special, and I was really pleased by that end. It was like, oh, that's awesome. So really, really happy there. Um, yeah, and what was the other thing? Oh, and we watched last night the uh, Lego Batman DC Superheroes Unite nice. movie with movie. Clancy Brown this as Lex Luthor. This is so meta. I think you need a flowchart to... to Here's how meta it is, because he didn't get the opening. They take... They use the t- the Danny Elfman theme song from the f- from the first, first Batman. Batman movie. Okay, and they duplicated the entire opening title sequence of the first Batman in Lego pieces. Wow. The I'm Batman. Or? No, no, the actual the symbol just going in among oh, the symbol. Oh, 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 oh my oh, gosh! That's awesome. Really? And then it pulls back, and then the director's name actually is John Burton. So then when it's I'm like, no, did you just change your name for this? <laughs> exactly. But um, it was. Uh, full of a lot of a lot of up and coming voiceover actors, in addition to Glancy Brown, um, Rob Paulson, who is Pinky and uh, yeah. Yakko, uh, is uh, the Riddler, and uh, there's a couple other names that like I've been seeing pop up. So a lot of young talent 
but from a lot of different, different levels. And um, I kind of watched this feeling like, boy, I really wish that they would make a live-action Batman. It was almost like the 60s Batman, but played seriously enough where it's just funny instead of campy. Okay. But with Legos, which makes it extremely campy. Like, my favorite thing is that Batman just really is annoyed at Superman coming in and constantly save, having to save him. And there's this... It's a really funny, funny bit, but it also felt strangely in character. And then you go, but they're Legos, they're cute, they're adorable. Um, and uh, so it is a, the plot follows, I guess uh, Luke has played the game through a little more than I have. Uh-huh. I still don't know how to read that one part. Okay, so you haven't gone uh, as far, but as I thought. But, but some of the cutscenes felt like it, it's, it's the basic plot of the DC, of the game Batman with the Batman 2. But uh, but just throwing it, you know, as a straight-up narrative and acknowledging that they are occasionally, they are Legos. And, and then within the... Do they break apart and then reassemble kind um, of thing? Did, did we see yeah. that? No. They just showed it in the special... There's a lot of the sound of the... They like power up by snapping when they, new things when they, on. When they land, they come to hear the sound of like this. You know, so they don't pick up any power-up stuff, but it's still... It's acknowledging, you know, I mean, like Lex Luthor has the big Lego, he's a bald character, no hat, you know, he has the Lego peg sticking out. Um, but the Blu-ray comes with not only a making of, how to go, go about that, but it actually had released uh, through Android and iPhone an app to make Lego stop-motion films. Oh, my. And so the top five... Are included in the Blu-ray to see, you know, fans uh, just trying to, you know, their efforts. And then we watched all five last night. They were kind of fun to see the stop motion. Yeah, one of them would show, like, acknowledge that they were actually Legos because yes. well, they took a, the villains to apart. Lex Luthor is, is in Blackgate and says, "Wait a minute." It's all just Legos. We can unbuild ourselves free. <laughs> <laughs> He's brilliant. He's Lex Luthor. Uh, and then there's three, uh, two episodes from Brave and the Bold and one from Teen Titans. So, you know, there's a lot of kids' stuff in there. And you buy the package and it comes a little Lego Clark Kent opening up his oh, nice. jacket, which Luke has stolen from me and it's hidden somewhere in my room and will probably disappear with him. What but, jacket? No, the, the, the Clark Kent figure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, he still hasn't found it. It's in plain sight. <laughs> <laughs> or he might have actually. I have found it. Uh, <laughs> he might have actually sat on it. Yeah, you, you see, he wears glasses, and he doesn't always see very well. No, he sat. He it. wears glasses. He sat on it. <laughs> you sat on it no, this morning. I did not. Yes, you did. Did I? Yes. Oh, that's what that was. He was on the chair. <laughs> It was on the chair. I, I moved it. I moved it. I did see it. That's all right. Okay, so um, so this is this is out now, or is it's going to come out this week? So by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be out on so Tuesday. Be doing streaming and DVD. Yeah. And okay. So Blue how long was how long was the movie? A little over an hour. Okay. So oh, nice. but, you know, it, it, it was more fun than I thought, and uh, you know, it was cute, and I, I like the Lego games too. So it's kind of fun to watch it, and I just wish. That there was that kind of thing uh, more for a kid's, you know, more, I said not even kids, a family uh, Batman film, you know, that like that. There's even an acknowledgement of the shark. Like the Joker throws the sharks out. Bat and shark the bat, 
No, instead of the bat, instead of the bat shark repellent, the, the shark leaps out of the water to get at Batman, and Batman just growls him down. <laughs> so, so that was also face taken and, from the game. Was it in the game? Yeah, okay, it was so, in the game. But I mean, it's an acknowledgement of the movie, of, of the Batman 66 movie, so it's kind of, it was just kind of funny that, oh no, they're going to do the bat shark repellent thing, and then, no, it was just, so great that it's in the game, great, great that it translates in, and because there are probably Batman fans that aren't going to play the Lego game, but you get why it's funny, why people love it, yeah. uh, you know, by watching watching this instead. So definitely worth the time. I think I, I don't have the patience for a Lego Batman game. You sir are wrong, but I am. <laughs> so, I've avoided the addiction to a Lego Batman game, um, but I could watch this. I think. Yes. Yes. Next so, next weekend, uh, Avengers Assemble starts. On Disney XD. On Disney XD? Okay. Oh, yeah. Two episodes, 11 and 11.30. Okay. What about uh, Hulk and the Ages of I think that's in August. August, okay. Wait, I did not, that, that's going to become a, a I did not show? realize, have you read the frame of it, the framework of it? No. Uh, Rick Jones wants to give Hulk a better, uh, better PR, so it's a reality series. Mm-hmm. They all live in the same house, all the Hulk it's like family. Big Brother? Yes. Wow. And then they get really released out to fight crime. So Hulk, why don't you ever clean the bathroom? Yeah, so I don't I don't think that's a show meant for us, and so I'm sorry, <laughs> Nate. It's gonna be another one. I would like to predict the panel at Comic Con two years from now when Nate Costa says, When are you gonna change up Hulk the Agents of Smash? And they say, Are you enjoying it? And he's gonna say, No. No. And I'm gonna say full circle, this is where I first really became aware of Nate, complaining about Red Hulk. It's nice to know. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. So um, we'll leave it at that this week. I can't think of anything else that's really burning to talk about. If you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, please. Uh, oh, next week we'll be podcasting from Bacon. Bacon. So we should we should bump Bacon. Bacon yeah. is the San Jose preeminent San Jose Santa Clara science fiction fantasy media convention. Yes, and so we'll be at the Santa Clara Convention Center next Sunday. At what time are we podcasting? Uh, we're podcasting in the afternoon. I'm not quite sure. We'll be on the okay. schedule. But you can go to bacon.org, yes. or you can find them on Facebook. Book, uh, or Facebook. Yeah. Facebook. That's one. Yeah. Um, it's Triskaidekaphobia is the theme this year. Excellent. Uh, I don't know why. It's the fear of Triscuits and uh, of whole wheat crackers. And so delicious, delicious, delicious. So you can listen to us on, uh, of course, iTunes. Subscribe, recommend us to your friends. Do give us a rating. Pick us up on the Stitcher app, or find us at www.fanboyplanet.com. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, please write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Till next week at Bacon, where I will still remain this, but I'll say it. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief. Luke McCaw. I am Nate Costa. And I'm Rick Bretsnyder, reminding you to use your powers only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www. The Great Luke L U K E S K I dot com.